Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's Bears Packers week. And now it's time for the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show with SCORE morning show co-host Molly from the Molly and Haw Show, Bears long-snapping Ironman Patrick Manley, and legendary Bears center Olin Krutz on Sports Radio 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet River Sportsbook app today. Oh, it is indeed the pregame show, and we've got Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley presented by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app. Do it today. And gentlemen, it is Packers Week. You heard the mention of it. I think we've been talking about it for about I don't know, a hundred years. What's going on? How uh, how geared up are we for this game? Molly, I can't lie. I, I just, you know, I think as many years I got uh, to play in this rivalry, still as an alumni and being out of the league for eight years, you still get a little more excited. I do. I think there's just, there's something about, you know, this rivalry, obviously the proximity, neighbors hating each other, liking each other, disagreeing with each other, flying flags. Uh, you just get a little feeling in the city this time of year. Uh, when you're playing the Packers, and it's exciting. It just gets, you know, makes that alarm when it went off this morning. It was easier to jump out of bed. I was excited to talk to you guys about this game, especially after the nice win they had against the Raiders last week. And then watching a little bit of the tape of the Green Bay Packers this week, uh, you might feel a little bit more comfortable than years past. So I, I'm just excited for this game, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, and, and, and you hear from Manly right there, Molly, that this is the week we think with our hearts and not our heads. And we watch the film, and we're like, no, 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 we, no, no, we, no, we can beat these guys, man. Screw these guys. Uh, it's the week you, you, when you watch the film, Pat, and you're like, no, no, they're not like Aaron Rodgers is not that good. Screw him. You know what I mean? So, uh, uh, you know, our, our picks will probably lean towards that way of our hearts and not our heads, but, uh, that's Packer Bears week, right? That's uh, anything mm-hmm. is possible. Uh, Pat Manley was there in uh, 1999. We went up there, and Brian Robinson blocked the field goal, and, and we had no business winning that game. That, that's for sure versus that team. So, um, obviously, when you look at the matchup, 
uh, you, you, it favors the Packers because they got a Hall of Fame quarterback and they have that guy uh, running the show. But uh, anything can happen today, and obviously it's a big week in Chicago and it's a big week for former Bears like me and Pat who are excited and think that the Bears can win today. <laughs> I, I, I got to tell you, that you just mentioned that Brian Robinson game. As a sports writer, that was one of the greatest games in the history of the world because he talked about Walter Payton mm-hmm. lifting him up and giving him that. I mean, come on. <laughs> the guy just handed you the story, and off we go. It was beautiful. And, and, and It had nothing to do with Ryan Longwell kicking the ball about a yard above the no, other no, no. head. Pat, 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 when you get farther away from the story, the That's story right. gets That's bigger. Brian That's Robinson right. actually jumped higher than he ever jumped in his life. Right? right. Because, uh, and, and just a little bit to that story, uh, uh, Molly B-Rob, uh, rest in peace now, um, uh, well. he he was in trouble that week. We'll put it that way, right, Pat? He was in a <laughs> yeah. little trouble with Dick Geron, and Dick Geron basically told him, either you make a play or you're gone, okay? And he blocks that field goal at the end of the game and basically saves his job. So there's a lot to that story. We were down at Soldier Field. Uh, Dan Hampton spoke to us at the um, – at the Walter Payton celebration of life, I guess you would call it, spoke mm-hmm. to us, and there was just a different feeling going up to that game that Walter Payton was kind of with us. That way you make friends with those two guys at least. And the kick is blocked, and what do you think about it? Unbelievable. Unbelievable is right. <laughs> Look at Chris Bonyol. He knows that he missed. You saw him just saying thank you. Here's the block again. I didn't see where they came from. Well, just to get a big push right up the middle and then right from the outside. That's where it was blocked. Brian Robinson, I think, got the hand on it. This is Pat Summerall for John Madden saying so long from Lambeau Field where once again the final score is the Bears 14, the Packers 13. Yeah, that that was extraordinary. God, I haven't heard John Madden in a while, and and he at least showed like, he had some enthusiasm. Yeah, out right. he was. And like, <laughs> uh, I got to go do it. What did you think about that, John? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's very. Oh, they were icons. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Um, so listen, so that's interesting that you say that. Was was that connected to? The idea that he had tripped over the dog was it related? No, to that this was this play? was a different week. This is a different okay. week. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, add that one to the, yeah. that one to the story. He, uh, he he might have tripped over a dog. I don't know. He might. Have. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh huh. So you know, it, it was just you know, it was different times back then, yes. obviously. So, uh, but but he was in yeah, he was in a little trouble, and and, and right after the game. I remember that interview when he said that, you know, Walter Payton had lifted him up. It was, oh. it was just an amazing week. It really was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great stuff. Sure and, um, and, guys, you know, I, I think we, we feel a little bit differently about the Bears. I know nationally the fire Matt Nagy train has slowed down since they've won a couple of games, and we had talked about it um, going into that game, like how important it was for them to actually have a signature win, to, to go into Las Vegas and beat a team they weren't expected to beat. And they came out of that, and the, and the general consensus was that's as good a Bears win as we've seen since at least 2018, if not, uh, if not longer, and maybe a, a signature win in the, in the Matt Nagy era. And then, of course, John Gruden is, uh, is forced to resign. Um, I don't want to say he was fired, but it, he seemed like he had the option of one or the other. And he does resign, 
and then you step back and you look at that 20-9 to victory over a, a very moribund kind of um, performance from, from the Raiders, and you wonder if that had as much to do with the situation they were in as the performance by the Bears. And I'm not dissing what the Bears did because I think it's great that they won the game, but in retrospect, we have a different opinion of that particular victory given the way that Las Vegas played. Yeah, for sure. And if you want to fire me with a $10 million bonus, I'll take it. I'll be there my way out the door. But, uh, uh, listen, when, when you watch the film uh, closely, like I, I know, Pat, and you have, uh, you don't see the Raiders uh, executing very well. Just to, put it, just to put it lightly, you see a, a defense that can't get lined up. Uh, you see them running their blitzes from both sides of the field, uh, not covering gaps. On offense, a ton of drop passes, not executing really well. You could look at Carr's face on the bench and see that his mind was actually somewhere else uh, during that football game. But uh, like you said, Molly, you still got to go out there. You got to play. The Bears are going through a lot. Uh, it says a lot that they got two victories after that Browns loss where they looked absolutely terrible on offense. Coach Nagy gives up the play calling. Uh, Bill Lazor's calling plays now. They're trying to run the ball a little more. Play off, play off. They complement their defense, right? And their best two players, two of their best players are out, Montgomery and Akeem Hicks. So I guess what I'm saying is you don't want to take away from the fact that the Bears were going through their own stuff too and still came out there and played uh, really hard for their coach, put on a good performance. But all of us know uh, what the Raiders are going through, and we know this test today is, is way bigger than playing the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I agree, Owen. You know, we talked all pregame last week about the loss of Akeem Hicks and David Montgomery. How would they respond? And, yeah, they came out and responded. I thought mm-hmm. they responded in a big way. I don't want to talk about much what was going on the Raiders, but what the Bears did up front <clears throat> defensively, getting, what, two holding calls in two different plays? We needed <laughs> right. to see that. Seen that's that. called domination, yeah, right? That's, yeah. that's kicking yeah. somebody's ass up front. And then offensively, the O-line, the same thing. You know, I think, Owen, you shared the James Daniels whatever you want to call that, the, the, the pile drive, which was awesome. But they had numerous other pancakes, numerous other pushing people over the pile, just leg drive. So I think we, you know, the word of the week to me was identity and everybody else brought it up. But I think you kind of found an offensive identity of the toughness up front. And I love seeing that. And Olin, I got to ask this week, what's it like being in the meetings on Monday after a game like that as an offensive lineman? And I just said there's a tangible feeling of just you knew you, you imposed your will or whatever the quote is and you, and you kicked their ass, but it's just a good feeling. And I think it kind of stays contagious because I think you want to keep putting that on film and pressure your line mate, your, you know, your line mate or whatever. And I just remember those games we had with you guys. It was just, it was fun. There was a lot of laughing. There was a lot of, you know, just like, all right, next week we're doing the same thing to this guy or whatever. But isn't that correct the way it was in there? Mm-hmm. You're exactly right. And I'm glad that they had to hit the dump bunt twice for you and not me. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but, but look, uh, yes, the offensive line, you know, even a Fetty goes out. So really you can say, man, they're on like their fourth, and fifth tackles now, right? Like, who is the backup tackle today? I'm guessing it's Alex Bars. So, you know, all these backups are in credit. Juan Castillo got them playing at that level. And like you're saying, Pat, uh, the offensive line played with an attitude. They, they got mm-hmm. after people. Uh, some of it makes me want to say that Jason Peters signing, uh, even though he is playing good left tackle, maybe his leadership is starting to show up yeah. a little bit. Uh, you can see that in the way they're playing and the way they're functioning together as a unit. And whenever somebody body slams somebody like James Daniels did on field, whenever you see Elijah Wilkinson running somebody into the ground, 
playing right at that right at that edge, right, Pat, where you're not getting penalties, but you're just on the edge and you're letting them know that it's going to be like this all day, guys. And, and they get up and they scream at you and they say, I'm going to fight you after the game. And you say, oh, thank you. That, fine. We, we can do that too. So uh, you, you want to play with that tenacity. That's what this group has to do. This group has to play violent. They have to take it to the opposing team's defense, especially today. The Packers' defensive front is going to be a challenge for these Bears. Kenny Clark has had good games. Dean Lowry, uh, Preston Smith, they have some guys up there who can get after this Bears defensive line. So the run game, uh, again, Montgomery's out, Damon Williams, I'm sure we'll get to all of that and how that affects this game. Offensive line, especially that inside three, extremely important today. Yeah, and I think you said Jermaine Effetti is out. You know, uh, Mm -hmm. obviously – Jesse James is back, which seemingly eliminates the Alex Bars in motion thing. I and then not. you mentioned the you mentioned the <laughs> running back. I mean, guys, I, I never thought they'd have the game they had without David Montgomery. And now you're down David Montgomery and they've they've activated Artavis Pierce, who they just signed off the street after cutting him uh, at the end of the season. We know Ryan Nall. And uh, and uh, Pierce phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> what a great fullback he is! Man, those are del- he delivered oh, some blows. Those, in are, there. those are devastating, <laughs> devastating. <blocks. laughs> devastating. Better than the offensive line. Um, but but Khalil Herbert looked great mm-hmm. in the little snapshot we had of him. I think the questions are, you know, how does he do with more carries? Does he get more carries? And how does he hold up? Right, and 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 what does he do? Um, when they, they know now there's a little film on him of how he likes to run the ball, there is a few times against the Raiders things he might have to correct uh, in a four-minute offense. When you're running the clock out, Mully, you can't bounce those balls to the outside like they do in college. You'll get a holding call on the offensive line. They actually got away with one against the Raiders. So there's a bunch on film that he needs to correct from the first week. And the, the first thing you worry about when you mention Herbert, Artavius Pierce, Nall, you worry about, okay, what about pass protection? Mm-hmm. What about these guys protecting Justin Fields? So those are things we got to watch. The run game today, uh, being stubborn with it, Pat, is extremely important from Bill Lazor, Coach Nagy, and and uh, offensive brain trust up there at Hallisall. Credit Juan Castillo. Credit Donovan Raiola. You guys knew I would drop his name too. <laughs> credit the fact that those guys got these guys playing that they got these back. Elijah Wilkinson looks ready when he comes in the game. Somebody's got to get Alex Bars ready to go in motion, to block it tight end, but also be ready to fill in for the inside three. There's a lot of work behind the scenes going on right now with that offensive line to keep that unit, Pat, looking like they did in Las Vegas. Yeah, they just, they've had a huge, huge improvement. But I want to ask you about Khalil Herbert and just the other running backs. When you run that protection like we've seen the last two weeks with an extra tight end in, um, doesn't that make it easier on the running back? Like it's not his full scan protection and like the five, you know, the five on five and he's got to scan the whole field and understand blitzes and where it could be coming from. Doesn't it kind of, it takes, from my understanding, what I remember, it kind of cuts the field in half for him, right? That he only has to scan kind of one to two players. So I think that makes it easier for a rookie or a young back to be able to fit in that offense just compared to what we've seen with Matt Nagy of, of kind of that scan protection of, of, of reading the entire blitz, the blitz package that could come. Yeah, look, it's a, it's a great point, uh, but you can't hide. Like you know, Pat, you can't hide them uh, right. that much. I mean, I, I'm sure you'll see more if it's a passing situation. I'm expecting to see phenomenal uh, more, <laughs> a little bit more uh, out there. But 
Joe Barry, the the Packers defensive coordinator, Tampa Bay background, Monty Kiffin, but then he went and, and was under Brandon Staley and learned the Vic Fangio split safety scheme. And you know what Vic and Marinelli, Rob, he's Rob Marinelli's uh, son-in-law, you know what they like to do. They, they, they watch your protection, and where you turn your line, they send that one linebacker at your running back, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what I worry about if they get behind the sticks today. Uh, Laser has to be ready to move that pocket, uh, go a little mass protection like you're saying, leave the tight end in. But, again, they have to get guys out because, you yes. know, there's always that give and take, right? Like, we need explosive plays. But Justin Fields last week showed, I think it was that Cole Komet pass he hit, even on a third and 12 to Mooney. But the Cole Komet one I thought was impressive because it was a five-man protection. The Raiders blitzed him, and he got the ball out. And that's the improvement from what we saw the Browns week. Yeah, 100%. Right, that, that was one of the most impressive plays I saw as well, too. Well, and I, I, I finally, it was him understanding this offense – and, and 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 the timing and anticipation and that that's very encouraging when you see. And that. right there, Coach Nagy said, "Let's go five man. Let's do it again." <laughs> nope, <laughs> he's really he's, he's blossoming. There's no shadow. All right, we've got uh, we've got Andy Herman, the host of the Pack a Day podcast. He's going to join us next. We'll get a uh, a preview of what Green Bay is going through. They got some injuries. They got some guys coming back, but they're beating up on defense and they haven't stopped anyone in the red zone. And we'll ask Andy about that next. You're listening to the pregame show with Ole Kruitz and Patrick Manley here on The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This rivalry's been around a long time uh, before I got here. It's going to be around a long time after I'm done, I bet. It's Bears-Packers week. We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Go to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store now. And MailMedChicago.com, where a full head of hair is the winning play. Oh, it's the score pregame show with Olin Kruitz and Patrick Manley presented by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. And there you heard the voice of Aaron Rodgers. Was he announcing that this is his last Bears Packer game? Uh, we're waiting for that announcement. Uh, first, let's bring in Andy Herman. Andy Herman joins us on the score hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He hosts the Pack a Day podcast. Andy, good morning. How are you? 
Hey, doing great, guys. Happy Bears-Packers Day. Thanks so much for having me. So, you know, it was funny. He was asked to Rodgers earlier in the week about all the uh, – all of his fondness for Chicago. Apparently he likes the town, likes coming here, told the story of meeting a young woman and her child as he was walking to a restaurant and, and, uh, and had a nice chat with her. And, and we've heard that story before. And it's great to know he likes uh, Chicago. But, but when they were talking of the rivalry, it seemed like the media was laughing at the idea of a, ra- a rivalry more. Rogers was attempting to be respectful, but everything he said, everybody was kind of falling apart. It's not much of a rivalry if we're fair about it, right? No, I think that's probably fair. I think I think Green Bay's lost five games under the Aaron Rodgers watch, something to that effect. So it hasn't been a really big rivalry. Of course, they had the really big NFC championship game, which was, uh, I think, probably such a huge memory for Aaron. Um, you know, obviously getting to the Super Bowl in that game. Uh, not not to you know reel off you know devastating losses for for Bears fans here, but of course the the big comeback after the injury, the pass to Randall Cobb in the playoff game. So you know while maybe the overall you know record hasn't been much of a rivalry, I think maybe some of Rogers' biggest moments have come against the Bears, which is probably why uh, he probably feels that way. Well, Andy, well, thanks for having you. We'll talk to you later. somebody hang him up um so uh the packers now andy they come in this week a couple injuries on the offensive line we all know uh one of the best left tackles in the league bakhtiari has been out for a while what do you who do you expect to see lined up today in front of aaron Rodgers? uh because we were all expecting that to be the big matchup the bears defense line can they get pressure on Rodgers? Yeah, it seemed like yesterday was a little bit of a tell in the fact that uh, Dennis Kelly was ruled out. Now, he's just a backup offensive tackle, but he was ruled out for the game, and they did not elevate Ben Braden from the practice squad, which they had been doing uh, with Elton Jenkins and Dennis Kelly out. It would seem to indicate, unless they're only going with seven active offensive linemen for this game, that Elton Jenkins would be active for this game. Uh, If so, I would fully expect him to be starting at left tackle. Um, We all know how devastating the Bears' edge rush can be. Uh, obviously Billy Turner is going to start at one side. I would expect Elton to be at the other. They could go a couple different ways. You know, Yash Nyman has played pretty well at that left tackle spot. So they could, you know, move, uh, you know, Elton back into his normal guard spot. But I would be very, very surprised if Elton's not active or if he is active, if it's not him at left tackle, if he's not active, then it's probably Yash Nyman once again. Hey, Andy, some other uh, injury problems the Packers have on there on defense with the cornerbacks with Jair, uh, excuse me, Jair Alexander out and Kevin King. Uh, just maybe talk about what the Bears are going to see over there and then how big of a concern is it going that far down the depth chart? Yeah, I think this is going to be one of the really interesting aspects to keep an eye on. Uh, you guys would know better than me, but it seems like since Justin Fields been uh, in the game that they've kind of, you know, and this has just been the Bears in general, but wanted to run the ball a little bit more. But the Bears obviously going to be down to their fourth and fifth running backs. Meanwhile, the Packers really, you know, have a ton of injuries at corner. As you mentioned, Kevin King, Jair Alexander. I would expect Isaac Yadam to start opposite Eric Stokes at that outside corner spot. Shannon Sullivan in the slot. That's a rookie corner, a corner that has struggled a little bit in the slot. And they, you know, a corner that's really struggled throughout his career on the outside. And Isaac Yadam really making his first start for Green Bay. There's opportunities there for obviously an Allen Robinson um, and the rest of that Bears receiving core to take advantage of it. Um, I would expect Darnell Mooney to potentially get matched up with the Adams some, uh, which would be a, an advantage for Chicago there too. So it's going to be interesting to see how Matt Nagy, if he wants to open up that offense and throw a little bit more because of that, or if he kind of sticks with the same game plan that he's kind of been using. 
Yeah, so I, I guess when I um, talked to someone up there, they were saying that Rodgers, unlike the first game where he was he was playing uh, like he thought he had all the time in the world, he seems to have understood now that, that he's under pr- more pressure and he's getting rid of the ball much quicker than he has in his career, and it's kind of what they want to do. He's kind of playing more toward what Matt LaFleur wants him to do, and he's getting rid of the ball in like 2.5 seconds, uh, if not more, or quicker. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. The, the injuries to Bakhtiari and Jenkins, I feel like maybe a, almost were a little bit of a, a blessing in disguise because those first couple games you saw Aaron Rodgers in this offense come out and it looked almost like back to the Mike McCarthy offense where Rodgers was taking a ton of time in the pocket, trying to buy time, make plays, and it just wasn't working very well. And then all of a sudden, you know, you see, you know, obviously Jenkins go out, Bakhtiari was already out, and they have to go with Yash Nyman. And the offense changed, and it was much more get the ball out of Aaron's hands, let him be a distributor. A lot of the stuff that we saw going back to last year when Rodgers was an MVP, have him be more of a distributor. So I think that he's speeding up the time clock. Now, they've had some good defensive fronts that they've gone against. You know, it was it was uh, Nick Bosa on the 49ers, TJ Watt on the Steelers. Even last week, Trey Hendrickson and uh, Hubbard are no joke for Cincinnati. And now, of course, they'll likely get Mack and, and Quinn. So uh, I think it's been a... You know, a necessary evil that they kind of get the ball out of their hands quickly, but I think it's also kind of been a blessing in disguise. You know, Andy, uh, I'm wondering what you've seen from Joe Barry, the Packers' new defensive coordinator. How has he changed uh, that Packers' defense from what Mike Pettin, uh, the now Bears' senior defensive assistant, whatever that means, uh, how he has changed that defense a little bit? Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of their philosophies aren't all that different. Both of them are a little bit more bend-but-don't-break philosophies. They want to play a ton of zone defense with their corners playing a little bit more off, make the tackle in front of them. But I think what we've seen a couple big differences on, one, Mike Patton wasn't afraid to go small. He played a lot of you know nickel defense in ba- as his base defense, and then he played a ton of dime defense, 60 Bs on the field, even against you know, standard formations. So he went small a lot, and Green Bay got gashed in the run game a lot because of it. With Joe Barry, we've seen a lot more standard formations, some base sets, and and a lot more nickel, not much dime. So I think that's been a big change. And then I think what we're also starting to see, especially these past few weeks, is Barry be a bit more aggressive from a blitz standpoint and then doing a little bit more man-to-man coverage in those situations and letting his corners cover while his defense is able to get after the quarterback. We've seen some success with that with a couple sacks uh, these past few weeks, but uh, I think those have probably been the big two differences. Same sort of philosophy, but just kind of a different way of going about it. And Andy, a guy, a player on the defense that's been flashing is Rashawn Gary. I know he only has, what, one and a half sacks, but he has 10 quarterback hits. I think last year he had 11 and only five sacks. But is he flashing because he's a third-year pro and figuring it out? Is it because Darius Smith isn't there? What do you see on tape? Yeah, it's a little bit of all of it. I think the the big thing for Gary is, you know, when he is using his speed to power and and converting speed to power and trying to go through offensive tackles, he's really good. When he he sometimes he can get in the habit of trying to be a speed rusher and trying to bend around the edge, which just isn't his mo. And he kind of just gets pushed past the play, and the quarterback's able to step up in the pocket pretty easily. I thought these last two games were two of his better games as a Packer, especially a couple weeks ago. Um, he is setting the edge well against the run. They're using him a little bit more in a Zadarius Smith role where they'll move him all around the defense. He's moving incredibly well. He's got great effort. You're starting to see some of those flashes become more consistent, and I think uh, him as a, a third-year player is really coming into his own. Green Bay needs him, too, with Zadarius Smith out, and I think this will be a really big opportunity for him against Chicago today. Um, how, how would you try to defend Devontae Adams? I'm just curious. <laughs> of all the things you've seen done, what was the most effective? 
here's the thing. Unless you're basically just dedicating two players to him at all times, you, there's not really anything that you can totally do. And, and I think what makes him so dangerous is the fact that you have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback who can read what you're doing pre-snap. There's nothing that you're going to do to him that he hasn't seen before. So he knows pre-snap almost all the time if you're going single or double coverage on him. The insane thing is that even when teams have doubled him recently, Adams has still gotten open and Rodgers has been able to connect with them. Um, but if you tip your hand and you show that it, it's going to be double coverage, but Rodgers know it's not, uh, he's going to go to Adams right away, and he's, Adams is going to win that one-on-one matchup against just about everyone. So I, to answer your question, I know this isn't the, the best answer for a show. I have no idea. I have no idea what you do to try to stop Devontae Adams. Right now. <laughs> that's, I think that's, that's the answer, right? <laughs> I think yeah, that might be the right answer. <laughs> You know, uh, Andy, that New or- that first week against New Orleans, New Orleans really got after the Packers, uh, especially that New Orleans defensive line uh, gave the Packers offensive line all kind of problems, putting pressure on. I remember, you know, it's rare you see Aaron Rodgers throw a, have an interception in the red zone. I think it was on the eight or nine yard line. Uh, what had what was the talk about after that week, and how have they turned it around so quickly? Yeah, I think, you know, from the Packers standpoint, they stayed pretty consistent and say it was one game. It was a little bit of a fluke. And, you know, I think five weeks later, we can probably say it it certainly looks that way. I think, you know, maybe the the talk, I will say, was a lot around the offseason and Rodgers. And was he ready to, you know, fully commit to the Packers, which was, I think, obviously some level of ridiculous. Uh, But I can understand why the talking points were the way they were. Um, I think New Orleans did a really great job in that game of, of not only getting after the quarterback and, and pressuring the passer, but they really took away, you know, all of all of the receivers. You know, Devontae still had uh, an, an okay game, but th- they took away Green Bay's receivers in his first reads and made Rodgers kind of try to stay in the pocket and dance around a little bit more. And that's where, again, Green Bay can have some trouble. So I thought the Saints did just a phenomenal job in all phases of defense on that game. They came ready. They came prepared. Green Bay didn't. They came out flat. We've, and that, that's one of the bizarre things of the Matt LaFleur era is he's rarely lost, but when he has, they've lost big and they've lost in blowout games. It's sort of hard to put your finger on, but uh, I, I think we'll know quick in this game if this is another game coming off a, an overtime game where they played a ton of snaps a week ago, if they have that intensity and that energy this week or if they could come out flat again. Andy, I got to ask my uh, special teams question. Last week, obviously, was a crazy week for all kickers across the league, but the number one game was the Bengals. Uh, Packers game with Mason Crosby missing all those kicks at the end and Matt LaFleur came out and said there's more to it there's something with the operation and I went and studied the tape a little bit more there is an issue between the long snapper and holder getting the ball back there consistently to Mason Crosby but has Mason come out and said anything about that or is he just being the veteran that he is and not saying a word he is not. I'd actually love to hear your, your take on that uh, with your experience. But, yeah, I think one of the things that's been interesting, and, and, and again, maybe you can actually speak to this better, but the interesting thing to me was that Crosby missed uh, left on every single time. Mm-hmm. And I do know that going into that game and even in that game, the, the pressure where they've had almost blocked kicks in almost three or four straight weeks now has always been off the right side. I don't know if that's playing with his mind a little bit where – you know, he's trying to avoid that rush on the right side and trying to be a bit too perfect, maybe kicking it a little bit left, but still keeping it within the goalposts. I don't know. I'll be the first to admit, Patrick, that I am the last person to ask about long snapping mechanics. No, no. Uh, but uh, it is interesting that I think that, that entire operation from kicker to protection to long snapper to holder all needs to get better starting this week. Well, it was interesting because he didn't miss a kick all last year or up until that game. And it just looks to me like he's just not comfortable where the ball's going to be and just the timing's off and all that kind of stuff. And I think that, that, that reared his head last week. So it was kind of impressive what he's done in the past with the same – well, he's got a new holder this year, 
but with the same long snapper. But I just want to know if he if he's starting to say anything, that's when you've got to worry about the uh, the uh, holder and snapper, and there might be changes that made there. Yeah, he hasn't said anything, and I think you know the fact that Crosby had that confidence still that he was going to go out and yeah. make that last kick is what gave Matt Lafleur confidence to kick at that point in overtime uh, when he hit the game winner. And I think you know the the team and the coach, and I think even the fans still have a ton of confidence in Mason Crosby. But like you said, and like Matt Lafleur said, it's not just Crosby; it's that entire operation. And uh, we'll see if it's it's better it's any better this week. Yeah. Well, let's hope not. <laughs> Andy, yeah, there, there you go. Andy, thanks a ton. Uh, did you make a pick? And uh, I'm very curious to hear the score if you did. Yeah, I and did. No more memories, Andy. Thank passes. you. Though. I think this is going to be close. I, w- I mean, I, I do think that there could be a bit of a hangover effect from a very emotional uh, game where you played five quarters of football a week ago. Uh, but I do think Green Bay ultimately gets the victory, and I think it should be a really entertaining game. Great stuff. Thanks, Andy. Really appreciate it. Appreciate you guys having me. Good luck to you guys today. That's Andy Hopefully Herman. Hopefully never He's again. The- we just hate the Packers, Olin. We just hate the Packers, man. Uh, I don't I mean, care look, who you are. Every game he mentioned, I was there. You know what I mean? I know. <laughs> Stop not bringing funny. it up. I'm glad, I'm glad he enjoyed himself. <laughs> I'd like to catch Andy in a bar somewhere, i tell you that much. <laughs> tell me that story again, Andy. I'll be waiting for you. <laughs> oh, that's oh. beautiful. All right, we're going <laughs> to... That's so perfect. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Mike Patton and what, if anything, he can contribute to this game. He was with that team. I would imagine he'd have some you know, really good insights in some of the defensive. I'm sorry, Oleg. No, ahead. real quick, Molly. I didn't mean to kick you out, but before I wanted to get a thought in, he inadvertently answered your question. Did you hear him when you said, "How do you shut down Devontae Adams?" He said what New Orleans did. He said he took they took their receivers away early, so Rodgers had to come off his first read. Yeah, and I thought yeah. that was interesting when he said mm-hmm. that. You know, See? I thought about the Bears today. See, even the dumbest question sometimes gets a good answer. <laughs> <over>. No, it's <laughs> not. <laughs> All right, we're going to be right back here on the pregame show. Ole Cruz and Patrick Manley in Chicago Sports Radio six seven of the score. You wouldn't be surprised to know that that he has great insight into their people. Obviously, the scheme has changed. There might be some calls that they've kept the same that, that he could help with. But I think I think the personnel, and even the mentality of some of the players. I think he has great insight. He's obviously spent a lot of time with them. So um, I'll tell you Sunday afternoon. Just like I've told you all the previous weeks, you know, uh, all of our coaches help and assist with ideas uh, and how we want to create the plan. And so he's got uh, other information, that, but he still presents in, in those ideas. And if we see it fit into our plan, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel here on defense. Uh, you know, we, we play a certain brand of defense and we play a certain style of defense, and that's what we're going to do. Uh, and then we've got to adjust certain things based on how we fit, see things fit into our defense uh, and our players. You know, I mean, the most important thing is our players being able to execute what we want them to execute. We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook like Game Show question. on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Go to betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store now and mailmedchicago.com, where a full head of hair is the winning play. Yes, indeed. It's the pregame show. We've got Ola Krutz and Patrick Manley, and you heard the voices there of Bill Lazor, the offensive coordinator. Oh, yeah, there's all sorts of th- ways that. Uh, that Mike Pettin, the senior 
a defensive assistant can help with this game plan and Sean Desai, hey, hey, listen, we're playing the way we're playing. Uh, I'm Mike Patton, pretty interesting. Uh, and you said, Olin, that he didn't like that. What, what, do, what do you, where do you draw that conclusion and why do you think he didn't like it? Well, you heard him. You heard him say, like, uh, he presents his information and we use it if it fits into basically my scheme, right? And, and I don't mind that. I don't mind him uh, being prideful and saying, look, I don't, I don't need – his help. I hope Pat. He's not too prideful, where he does use uh, the information that is that could help them win today. The information that he could use that Pettin learned through practicing with Aaron Rodgers. What did I don't think anything. I like when people say that. How do you confuse Aaron Rodgers? I don't think you do, to be honest. But um, I thought uh, Jalen Johnson had a great point when he said sometimes you just play what you show him. So uh, he thinks you're going to change it at the snap. But anyway, as far as as Sean Desai says talking uh, he's a young coach right and he's prideful and uh he bucked that question and didn't like the fact that uh people think that he needs Pettin's help I just hope he's not too prideful Pat because obviously a guy like Pettin can help you in situations he knows Matt LaFleur he knows how he wants to attack certain defenses in certain situations yeah yeah you know, I'm, I'm with you 100% on that I, I I like the the little attitude that Sean mm-hmm. showed. You know, mm-hmm. if you keep producing like you're doing, keep that attitude. But, yeah, you yeah. have to use Mike Pettin. That guy's been in all the personnel meetings. He can tell you about every single player on that on that team that was with him last year. Um, I mean, everybody, because they all mm-hmm. sit around with scouts, all that kind of stuff. So you, that's the t- a ton of information. And like you said, Olin, he's, he's, he's scripted practices against them during the offseason. He's gone against one-on-ones with them, against their offense. So he knows their tendencies. He's been in – um, discussions during Monday, Tuesday throughout the week with Matt LaFleur and, and, and team discussions of what they think in certain situations, how they're preparing for something, what they're looking to do on a third and 10, or you know when, when could possible fake situations come up for special teams, all that kind of stuff. There's a ton of information you've got to take, but like Sean said, take what you need, but use it mm-hmm. and use it properly, hopefully. But there's a lot of stuff you can take from him. Yep. You know, I'd like a lot about what Sean Desai has been doing, and I don't know how you dislike it, but, you know, obviously the connection to to, to Vic Fangio, uh, Brandon Staley had that. I don't know how the Bears let a guy named Staley go. Different oh. story. But, um, <laughs> but I guess when I look at this, I wonder to myself, had Mike Pettin been fired before they hired Sean Desai, would Pettin have that job? And, and is that something that would go through anybody's head just because it's a very obvious – Hey, here's a coordinator in the division that knows everybody. What would is that a, a bad idea to have? No, if you I, well, go, ahead, go ahead, sorry, Pat. No, go ahead. No, you, so Molly, you're saying would would, would uh, having Mike Pettin as your off, uh, defensive coordinator if Sean Desai wasn't available, or you didn't go well, with no, him? No, Desai, Desai was. They interviewed like seven or eight guys, yeah. and they stuck with their own guy. Then yeah. Mike Pettin was fired, and they immediately yes. hired him as a as a defensive assistant. I wonder mm-hmm. one if Desai had any say in that. Or, two, if, if Pettin had been available, fired earlier, would the Bears have jumped at him? I, I could see why they would. I mean, if you look back at Pettin's record in the NFL, it's pretty strong. He has a bunch of top, top ten defenses. Um, and then does, did Sean Desai have any say about that? I, that one I have no idea. But I think anytime, like Olin, you've talked about it, the more smart people you can get in a building, the better. But as long as you respect and work with each other, you know, it, it, it can't hurt. You know, just as long as you can take each other's information to build the proper game plan and work together, I think that's important. Yeah, as long as egos don't get in the way and, yeah. and people are not trying to advance uh, their own careers and take your job. And I'm sure some of that is what Sean Desai worries about. Like you're saying, Mully, he had the job, and then all of a sudden they hired a guy 
who seemed like he's capable of doing the defensive coordinator job in case Sean Desai couldn't. That's what it felt like when they right, hired mm-hmm. Pettin and brought him to the building. So I'm sure you're hearing some of that. And Sean Desai is probably at the point now where, um, you know, they're, they're flying a little bit high and, and they could get humbled today or not. You know, I think the, the last two times the Packers played the Bears, they're averaging 38 points a game, right? I know there were injuries uh, to Akeem Hicks, and in the last game was Jalen Johnson uh, and Buster Screen were out, and then you saw that in the past game. But uh, Sean, Des- as far as Sean Desai goes, like you're saying, Mully, a big improvement from week one all the way through now the next four weeks, right? He's looked, the defense has got them better and better. They have a lot of injuries today, but uh, this is a huge challenge, man. This is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Matt LaFleur has a good, simple scheme that they execute really well. They have a great wide receiver in Devontae Adams. They have two, two good running backs. Uh, they have a good blocking tight end. So uh, take all the help you can get, especially from a guy who really knows them really, really well. And on the other side, you heard Laser and, and Pettin really had dominated that matchup, right? He had dominated Coach Nagy over the years and even Laser uh, when they went up there last year and in the uh, last game of the season. So uh, they can get information from him on, look, this is how I would shut you guys down when you're in this formation. This is what I would do. I, I, I'm curious. You know, I, I wonder, uh, Olin, obviously last week was the Mac revenge game, and you talked about playing against the Bears when you were in New Orleans and how Greg Williams sat you down and wanted to kind of try to get as much information as possible. Mm-hmm. Have you, if either of you, ever had a former coach from another team give you a scouting report? And, and maybe we should talk generally about scouting reports. What value is there in it? I know you both break down your own tape and have done so for a long time, and you're looking for specific things. But has, has a scouting report ever informed you something that you didn't know, and how good are they in the NFL? Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of it has to do, too, if it's a veteran coach, how many times you've played against another guy. You know, we say you go back and you watch four or five games. Some players go back and watch more, but you kind of come up with a game plan of four or five games back in that season. But if you have a veteran coach who has four or five, six, ten years against somebody else, they really know the tendency, and I think that can help a ton. And, and that's one thing, just to go back to the, to the coordinators I had, Dave Tobe, as he got older, he got way better, and he was good when he was young. Uh, Jody Camillus, my last year, had been in the league for like 30 years. He's played against every single coach, and he would give us a game plan and give us tendencies. And lo and behold, you know, they would rush on certain certain parts of the field or things like that. So that's just the special team scouting report, how it affected us. But I think if the, the more a coach is in the league, the more they compete against each other, I think that can help a ton. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about this question, Mullen, and for our listeners, Mully sends us our game plan after yeah. you send us – Send me the game plan about this. And, and, and I, I wanted to put into words uh, what I was trying to say, but, you know, it's not X's and O's, it's Jimmy's and Joe's. And sometimes when you talk to former coordinators and guys, they'll say, we, we dominate this guy, but they forget who they were dominating that guy with, right? So a lot of times what I would take from guys is, okay, how do I attack this certain player? How do I, what does he struggle with? So Mike Petty can say to the Bears, look, Khalil Mapp, uh, when you go against uh, the Packers' right tackle, I'm losing his name now, Billy Turner, don't waste time with anything else. Just run right through him. Just bull rush him. He really struggles with that. That's kind of where he can help them. And then he can say, okay, in this situation, this is the, the concept because 
under concept, I mean, I don't want to get too much into this with the listeners, but under concept, you can run so many plays, right? You can run inside zone out of so many different formations and so many different motions. Um, he can just say, look, look for an inside zone concept no matter what formation they're lined up in. So those are the kind of things I would take from guys. And then there were just some guys who really didn't know, Pat, how to explain to you how to take advantage of the information that they had. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very true. And then the other thing, just to go back to the special teams, it's like you said, one-on-one matchups. It's exploiting the weak guy as well. You know who the weakest guy is on the team. Mike Pettin might know what the weakest position is on that team, and you've got to go after that guy maybe a little bit more with a certain blitz or a certain pressure. Um, but that, that, that to me, is, is where he can come in and help out with this, with this team. But the more, the more you're in this league, the more you figure these guys out, and then being with the Packers as long as – was it three or four years he was there to know, that, to know those players, that's really going to help. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I got a lot of respect for Mike Pettin. I think Sean Desai is really coming into his own – but I think that this, the, the beauty of this game, and, and we'll talk about this moving forward, is we may actually see the Bears' defensive front that we thought. I mean, how long have we waited to see this particular four-man group since Robert Quinn was signed? And, and obviously he struggled that entire year, uh, and Eddie Goldman didn't play. Uh, I, I just The idea of the Bears having their actual defensive front mm-hmm. against the Green Bay Packers, I mean, it, it is kind of exciting if you just think about what they've managed to do uh, as a front without each other. Yeah, and, and we were excited about that from when they signed Quinn a year ago, right? right? And we didn't get out of him what we thought we would. But, you know, Molly, that whole front, right? If you get Akeem Hicks back, if you got Eddie Goldman, Bilal Nichols, Matt, Quinn, Trevathan, uh, Roquan Smith, and now you had Alec Ogletree to the mix. I mean, you got eight guys that can play at a really high level. Uh, you 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 wonder about obviously Max injuries, Hicks injuries. Uh, you remember last year up there, Pat Lafleur came out and basically said uh, we had two game plans: one if Hicks mm-hmm. played, and yep. one if he didn't. So that's how much respect people have for a healthy Akeem Hicks. And if you got all those guys on the field, I thought Eddie Goldman. Played better last week. I was happy to see him uh, on with uh, uh, Jeff Joniak doing an interview saying that he wants to get back to football, that he missed it, that he's got to play at a higher level because he is right. He does have to play better, and he got a little better last week. So we team all those guys up. Uh, That is the unit you're expecting if the Bears win with the crowd noise. I think crowd noise will be huge. With the crowd noise, if the Bears win, it'll be that unit that dominates. Yeah, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I'm, I'm thinking that Ryan Pace built this front seven to stop Aaron Rodgers. You know, mm-hmm. that's why a lot of the money's there. How mm-hmm. else do you stop Aaron Rodgers? You, you know, as you see, you have the question, how do you stop Devontae Adams? You can have great corners out there, but the best way is to get to him, rattle him, get him on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's difficult to do, but I think this is why Ryan Pace built the defense this way, is to beat the Green Bay Packers with that front seven, with that front four rush. And hopefully they can play today, and I just hope they're healthy. You know, if Akeem Hicks is out there, but that'd be great, but I want him healthy, healthy enough to, to make a difference. Yeah, and if you look at this, the, everybody keeps talking about how do you confuse Aaron Rodgers, right? And, and, and he's seen everything. Uh, that is his strength. Same thing Tom Brady does, right, Patty? Gives everybody and, and Molly a little hint here, a little hint there. Look, that blitz is coming. They see everything. So the, the, where I would focus my energy on is confusing their offensive line. They're young. 
They got a young center. Uh, if you can use a crowd noise, if you're at the game today, start screaming from when they're in the huddle. Because what you do is you take away Aaron Rodgers communicating to everybody, lining everybody up, telling everybody where it's coming from. So those guys have to organize themselves up front. And I think with the looks that Sean Desai gives and the pressure that D-line can put on that offensive line, I think that's who you're trying to confuse today. You're trying to confuse the offensive line so you can get home continuously in a hurry so Aaron Rodgers cannot extend the play and get to his second and third read. All right, we're going to take a quick moment. We come back, we're going to talk about this. We'll talk about how to confuse Rodgers. We'll talk about, sadly, some of the numbers he's put up against the Bears. And they're these are not. This is not a happy story, frankly, fellas. I'm not breaking news here, but uh, you know, when I went to make my pick, and I don't want to give it away because it's a real secret. Um, the fact is, I just have seen Aaron Rodgers too many times. He's just he's created too many bad memories. And and frankly, if you throw in Favre, it's like 30 years of hell. To be brutally honest, we'll talk about it next. It's uh, the pregame show. It's always fun. We've got Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley presented by Bet Rivers, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today here on The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 